Hey there, welcome to Be With The Word. I'm Dr. Jerry Crete, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and uh, this is episode 80. And today we're going to be talking about um, a few virtues. We're going to be talking about the virtues of, let's see, humility, gentleness, and patience, and ultimately love. Um, in this uh, in this show, I usually you know go through a little bit the different readings, the Sunday readings, and this time is no different. It is the seventeenth Sunday in ordinary time, and uh, the focus of the readings are um, the first reading is from two kings, I believe, and it is Elisha and feeding a hundred people with only twenty loaves of bread. And then you see in the Gospels, Jesus feeding the 5,000 with only five loaves and two fishes. And so that's, the, you know, quite a miracle. Um, I'm going to, fo- that's fascinating. I may bring in that from time to time here in this reading. Uh, but I'm going to be looking a little more closely at Ephesians 4, 1 to 6, which is the second reading where these virtues are mentioned. And I'm going to try to connect this with some aspect of psychology uh, modern psychology or modern clinical practice and see uh, how they kind of come together. And that's what I like to do in this show. Um, and just to let you know, if you're interested in more of our content, uh, soulsandhearts.com, you can find online communities, uh, our men's community, Catholic Journeyman at catholicjourneyman.com is uh, available uh, for men especially. We also have community for uh, therapists and the Resilient Catholics community as well. All right. Well, so let's look at this. I think this issue is interesting. And when I look at the different virtues here, humility, um, gentleness, sometimes you could call that meekness. Patience could also be defined as long-suffering. As we know, um, these are Greek words uh, in the original New Testament that are then translated. And sometimes those translations are a little tricky, and there's nuances that perhaps get lost. And then there's even the greatest virtue of all, which is love, which comes. And I think it's interesting that the point of St. Paul's message here is that those virtues all lead to peace. Okay, and so peace is therefore also an important thing to discuss. Um, I want to point out something. A lot of modern psychology, in fact, a lot of modern thinking is very individualistic. And even myself, as I'm thinking about this and what I do in clinical practice, is to focus on the individual that's in front of me and empathize with them and understand their situation and help them work through some some issues or whatever's going on. And I think that's appropriate, and, and I think we do need to do that. And there are many times people... Um, uh, think so low of themselves or are struggling with something very difficult um, that, that causes them to um, have a lot of negative thoughts about themselves. Uh, we call them negative cognitions. Uh, you know, the I am bad or I am unlovable or I'm not worthy. And so we have those negative things that come up in therapy and usually as therapists we're helping someone to resolve those and to gain a better sense of one's self-worth. 
Okay, so th that, and I think that project is worthy, and I don't think it's discounted completely by these readings, so I don't mean to do that, or, or I don't mean to not acknowledge the fact that many people have such low self-worth that they're already uh, down on themselves, okay? I think that's, a tr that's true for a lot of people. Um, and so these are interesting readings, because what does it mean to be humble? Right? What does it mean to be meek? What does it mean to be patient, especially patient with others? And I think the tone here, and especially if you start understanding the Greek meaning of these words, would really mean that you have a lot, you're gracious towards others, you put up with other people's um, insults or injuries with uh, incredible dignity. And you don't uh, lose yourself. You don't get angry or let your passions take over. And in fact, you, um, you endure quite a bit. And so that might seem like it would lead someone to become a doormat, uh, let everybody walk over them, um, never have a say. And I don't think that's actually what St. Paul wants to say here. Um, and I, but I do think we have such a tendency in our modern mind to be self-focused. And even if you look at the politics, whether it's, you know, governmental politics in our country, in the United States, or probably around the world, um, and you look at the ecclesial politics, you can see where everyone wants what they want. And it's about my preferences and asserting my will and about, um, you know, being indignant at someone else having authority or being indignant that you can't have what you want. Okay. Um, and this is not to say there aren't times when there are actual injustices in the world and we need to stand up to them because that's a reality uh, as well. But we are so focused on the individual that we are so self-focused so often that I think according to St. Paul here, that creates war. And the path to peace is in these virtues. And these virtues are inherently selfless. All right, so it is all about knowing your true dignity, your true dignity as a child of God as a member of his church, your true dignity as uh, one who's beloved by God, but as a part of a whole, means that you can therefore exercise all sorts of grace, humility, meekness, patience with others as a result. That in fact, even if you could take revenge on someone, even if you could get your way, you often choose not to, not because you're worthless and don't deserve it, but because you are actually kind of taking a higher road. And I think that's the message that we get in these, in these readings that I think are powerful. Um, so far from being a doormat, we actually choose to love and to surrender to God and to forbear with others out of love because we know our true dignity. 
It's interesting. It's the same issue we see all the time with our faith. It's kind of a paradox. It is a paradox. And it is that when we know we have true self-knowledge, when we really know who we are, we realize we're weak and we're selfish and we fail. But <laughs> it is in recognizing that paradoxically and comparing ourselves to Christ, not to others where sometimes we'll be better and sometimes we'll be worse than others, but we compare ourselves to Christ and we look at what God calls us to, we really can't compare to God's perfection. So there's nothing we could ever do that will ever cause us to, um, you know, be boast, be able to truly boast. So we are left with the need to be truly dependent on God. And when we recognize that truth, and we see and feel, experience His love for us, then we suddenly realize a worth that we never knew we had. It's a worth that's given to us. It's a worth that is experienced um, through seeing God's gaze toward us at recognizing he could have so-called revenge or cast us away, but he chooses forbearance toward us. He chooses to be, in a sense, humble. Well, he does. Christ does on the cross. He chooses humility. He chooses meekness. He chooses to be patient with us. Wow. And we don't deserve it at all. And so when we experience that, we recognize how cherished we actually are. We are, in fact, seen by God. We are valued by God. God delights in us. And suddenly, all of our needs are met through our relationship with God. And it is that great wonderment that then allows us, that great grace that we receive, that then allows us to actually be transformed in a way where we pass it on to others and we embody those virtues. And if you understand um, the, the virtues, as I'm learning more and more, I've been studying St. Thomas Aquinas, I've been uh, gradually learning more about the virtues and how important they are. We recognize that they do need to be practiced that they, we have to practice those virtues and cultivate them in time. And they become habits. And then they, more than a habit, they actually become, you know, uh, sort of in our bones and becomes who we are, right? And then people, it won't be an effort um, to be a humble, patient, loving person. It will actually come naturally. All right, I know, and today I don't have a lot of time, but I really did want to get this episode in because these are such powerful, uh, powerful messages uh, in this passage. I want to perhaps quote a few people that, that I uh, noticed. St. Bernard of Clairvaux uh, said, It is virtue when man becomes conscious of his own unworthiness. It's uh, the consequence of his truest knowledge of himself. Right, so that is St. Bernard of Clairvaux pointing out that we, um, as we know ourselves, we recognize our weakness, right? And that's just so important. 
And then um, later, uh, St. John Chrysostom, one of my favorites, not later than Bernard, earlier actually, um, describes virtue as that power to take revenge, but, 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 but never does, right? And that you can bear insult and injury even without complaint. Um, and then we see and we notice that all throughout the New Testament, God is actually described as patient. And even Jesus is described as patient at various times. So we do see that that's God's disposition toward us. I think it's really interesting, the concept of love, right? The Greek word that's used in the New Testament is agape here. And apparently in Greek, uh, agape was the more unusual word. Eros was common. Uh, there are other words for love. But Christians used the word agape and kind of claimed it and adapted it to some extent. And and what agape really means is almost like an unconquerable um benevolence or unconquerable positive positivity towards someone. In other words, doesn't really matter what a person does to you, right? What they do to me, what, what no matter how insulting or injurious or cruel, unkind, with love, I still only feel kindness toward them in that I only want their good. So that's incredible. And, and these concepts, like the concept of humility and this concept of love, was unheard of in the ancient world. So the Romans had, although they had a lot of character, positive character traits, and they wanted to achieve great virtue and moral character at their best, they didn't really have words. They didn't use words for humility and love. Not in this way. This is different. Christianity really introduced and reformed these words to mean something rather unique. Because it's so counter-cultural to think that someone could try to harm me and I would love them. Right? Mostly because I see them as hurting, lost, blind, uh, broken not acting like they should, not acting for their own good, even if it harms, annoys, or disrupts me. And that because I've been so loved by God, that I'm able to love even that person. Again, it's not a doormat or, you know, it doesn't mean we don't report abuse or it doesn't mean we don't, we stay with uh, a partner who physically harms us. No, it's not. It's not saying we, we should put up with things like that, but it, our disposition toward others that harm us is simply changed, and we simply want their good. All right. Um, we realize that that definition of love really isn't about just emotions. It may involve emotions, but it really is a question of the will. So I am choosing to love people, to see the good in them that they might not even see themselves, and choosing to seek their good. And if it's a virtue, then it's something we have to practice before it becomes something we own fully. Mm -hmm. We choose not to live in bitterness, not to live with a spirit of revenge. All right. Um, 
And as St. Paul says here, all these virtues lead to peace. And isn't that the question in psychology? Isn't that the question that we all should be answering? Like, what is our goal in life? What is our whole purpose in life? Is our purpose simply to have pure pleasure and never to have, you know, make enough money that we never have to do anything? Or is our purpose to have peace? Peace in our world, peace within ourselves. Is our purpose to have meaning and make a difference? If so, the answer in this, in the Bible here, in St. Paul, is that if the self, if the individual is at the center of it all, in, in terms of a selfishness, there won't be peace. So it's sort of a paradox. Again, if we want, if we want happiness and peace within, we have to be less self-centered. right? And that really isn't the message that we get from society most of the time. Um, so I just kind of want to go over some of the things quickly here, really quickly, um, that St. Paul says about the church and ultimately about God here, because um, they're beautiful. He says it's one spirit, right? One spirit me, and one body. So in one body, we are one church, and we have a common love for Christ. One spirit. The spirit is like the breath. So the body has a breath that gives it life, that keeps it alive. And that's this one spirit, a spirit of unity. We have hope, which means... We all have a common goal, right? We all want to bring about Christ's redemption. We have one Lord. In other words, we serve him. We have one faith, which means we have surrender. We surrender to him. We trust him. We make a commitment to Christ. That's our, that's our faith. We have a baptism, one baptism. That's our public. We confess our faith in our baptism. We enter sacramentally into this body through baptism. We die, in a sense, with him, become part of his body. We have one God. God is the father of all of us, and he loves us. He is above all, which means he is in control. He is through all, which means he guides, he sustains, and he loves us all. And he's in all, which means he is present. God is present with us. And so as we reflect on any issues in our world. I think of some uh, political things going on in our country. I think of church conflict going on. I think we have to ground ourselves in the words of St. Paul and recognize our oneness and practice these virtues of humility, gentleness, patience, and love with each other in that experience and really focus on serving and being united to Christ our King our, and our Savior. All right. I hope you have a great week. I hope in some way my words today blessed you, and uh, I will keep you all in my prayers. And until next time, be still, believe, and be loved. Take good care. <laughs>